Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I am your host, Mike German. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman, as well as our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. And of course, intern Erica is on the dials, making sure we're not too loud, that we're not too quiet, that everything is coming across nice and smooth for your listening pleasure. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like a radio opening that was in cool. some ways. I, like I, I would have done a different voice if I thought it was going to flow that well. Mm. Um, lots going on uh, in the world uh, with us. Like we say off the top of all the recent pods, there will be a new episode of The Pedestal up in the Mic on Much feed on Friday, so you can listen to that. I, I mean, I guess this episode will come out on Friday as well. Yeah, two for one. Two, two, two for, for the long weekend. Mm-hmm. We're all about to go into the long weekend. Lots has been going on. We were all hanging out the other night at our, uh, a, a joint party, like a, a four-way party, Yeah, uh, which sounds a lot more salacious than it was. Uh, it was our friend Dan Hamilton, who we've spoken about lots, our, our, our friend Peak, Matt McPeak, uh, our friends uh, Dutchie, Chris Dickinson, yeah. and it was also Dave Friesen. Do yeah. they all have a birthday that week? Yeah, it's like the 28th, 29th, 30th. They all have around then. Yeah, Dan and Peak are both on the 29th, which is the day we are recording this. That's so right. happy birthday to those two specifically yeah. today. But before we get there, Shane and I are in the middle of a negotiation right now. <laughs> uh, because we got- literally, okay, we came in and this started and then we actually said, let's save it for the pod. And while Erica set up, we just sat here in silence. So basically, I got a text message from Alex, Shane's wife, uh, asking about a dishwasher and my kitchen is getting renovated by our dear friend jay kelly and you don't want to say your joke that you said was my joke oh that, that, oh yeah when i said alex was looking for a dishwasher that was a sexual euphemism right yeah. <laughs> and then you said what uh you said i'm dirty no i said <laughs> that was you, mike's joke uh, that was your joke i said yeah. did you do it oh but, sorry <laughs> anyway continue um and here's the thing about this renovation. you'll just have to trust us that it was really funny before we uh, <laughs> tried to recreate it just now uh, the thing about this renovation is I want nothing to do with this renovation. I'll happily pay Jay the money. I'm sure whatever he does is going to look amazing. Uh, his house is beautiful. We basically said, whatever you do to your house, just do it to our house. No one's living in the house. We're moving back uh, in a couple days. You're moving back to Hamilton, yeah. and Jay Keller Front is renovating your place in Hamilton. Yeah, so I literally have no idea what's going on. I haven't been to the house in weeks. I just get pictures uh, from Jay, and I'm like, looks great. I don't know one thing from the next. <laughs> Um, w- there was a, some conversation about uh, getting new appliances, like a new fridge and dishwasher. Oh, I'm it's like, about time for you. I've been to your place. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, I don't know, and I don't really care. <laughs> I was saying it more jokingly because yeah. it just seems like you're a pretty rude defensive thing to say. on that. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll do it. I don't give a shit. No, this is how little I care about this thing. I just simply don't give a shit. If you're like, you could tell me anything joking, about yeah. the state of the house, I'd be like, you're probably right. Just I don't really care. Right. Calm down, Max. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So anyway, um, last conversation I had with Jay was quite drunk at this birthday party two days ago. And we, I think we talked about maybe a new fridge or something. And that was where I was left. And then I got a text <laughs> message from Jay yesterday going hey i think alex uh lamparski or does she go by alex cunningham now yeah, it depends okay cool <laughs> whatever <laughs> when, when screwing up trips to jamaica she's back to lamparski, <laughs> she's <Yeah>. lamparski. <laughs> no cunningham will do that and um he, I, he he said for your i guess for your income property you you need a new dishwasher yeah and I, he was like yeah maybe she could take yours and again i'm like okay whatever i just don't know or really care and then and then i said he said, I think you could probably get $200 for it. I don't know, but that's like, you know, maybe the going rate for used dishwashers. I was like, okay, I don't know. I don't care. So anyway, I got a text from, from Alex this morning, and she said, I heard you have a dishwasher. And I said, yeah, $200. Like, again, I don't want to be a part of this. I just said whatever Jay said. Well, well on <laughs> our end, first, uh, it was one of those situations where Jay told my wife, he said, Max has a dishwasher mm. that you could probably have. 
And she's like, oh, you know, Max is a rich rock star. Yeah, yeah. Sweet, we'll take it. Uh-huh. He's like 200 bucks. Yeah, yeah. So it was one of those, here you can have this, uh-huh. and then the price. But so you know, is- the only thing I know is just what Jay told me, that the yeah. thing was worth. It was $200. So, but it would, anyway, the reason why this is kind of interesting to me is like, when it comes to um, sort of selling stuff to friends, like, yeah. what what do you do in that situation? Either because there's an opportunity to put something on Kijiji and make some money from it, or but also you're like, you know what the best example of this is that we need some patio furniture in uh, the wow, backyard. <laughs> and I got an, uh, I think I put a note on Facebook asking if anybody had any ideas. Sally Foreman, Julian's mom, and Sally is married to Brent. They have a great beautiful house they used to live on Ham- the west of hamilton mountain now they have a massive place in the richest part of town and she said hey yeah you could have come on over and she charged me like a hundred bucks for it for, or, the patio furniture. for the patio furniture and julian was so mortified by it because he's like what the fuck does sally foreman my mother need 100 dollars for from, from you and this was like six years ago but it was like okay on one hand she's entitled to the hundred dollars principle of and it. it's the principle and it's like you're not a charity max no i'm not, I'm not a charity but as alex is as, as alex lamparski a charity well this is a special case because huh. Max, you told me you were going to buy my drinks all night. Oh yeah, I did. Which do that. you did not. But so I bought your dinner and your drinks. I bought. You I did. Bought... I'm just saying, yeah. take fifty bucks off because I'm owed that. <laughs> so one hundred fifty. So one hundred fifty dollars. Maybe that. Maybe that's because the, that's I had move. promised Alex I was only going out that night mm-hmm. because <laughs> you were buying all my drinks, oh. which you did not. Uh, did anybody else buy you drinks? No, in fact, I did you? Oh yeah, quite a few. No wonder I was getting so many brawls that <laughs> night. <laughs> well, because Max, dis- so Max made you promises, and then he disappeared. What, and you what were... drink did you buy me? I know you offered to buy me a tiger, but I said no. That's Max's. That job. was at the restaurant. <laughs> but when we got to the Belgian place, I did two rounds with you. Oh. I was like, I was like, yeah, I got it. Don't worry, buddy. They're only oh, ten bucks. Oh, I tried fighting you, like in a playful, fun way. You were like, yeah. no, no, I'm good, yeah. and I insisted because uh, you were complaining that Max had disappeared. Uh, it, you know, right? And then I had to buy Peak beer because it was his birthday. Yeah, mm. well, see, yeah, yeah. I was gone for that one. The night was more expensive than I had bargained for. Yeah, uh, and uh, but anyway. The night was great. Like it was a bit of a reunion for me. A bunch of uh, friends from McMaster were there. Uh, people I hadn't seen literally in ten years, so that was really nice. I got to see all the birthday boys, all the Hamilton guys. Uh, but then you started being a tease at the end of the night. Well, wait. So sorry. Wait. This is. I don't remember any of this. Okay. But <laughs> I will say that I said to Mike, I was like, "Hey, you hear? I got in a bit of a scuffle," and. I did. I was talking about another scuffle I got into, and then I found out getting in. What, here what that, was the scuffle that you were talking well, about? Well, I well I saw him at work the next day, and I was I was like, oh, how was the rest of the night? Because like I, some of the Hamilton guys were getting in an Uber back to town, mm-hmm. so I left with them. Peak birthday boy Dawson, all these guys, and then I was like, I'm going to McDonald's because I am very drunk and I need to eat. And that was my exit. But mm-hmm. people were still there. Like you, yeah. Major Ash. We ordered a pizza to the bar. Shaney. I know. I got a text from Ash while I was en route to McDonald's mm-hmm. that basically said, we got a pizza if you're dying. Because I was like, I was starving. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, whatever. I'm going home at this point. But then the next day, Shane was like saying that, were you there for the fight or whatever? And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, so what was the fight? What well, was that's what I said. And then he goes, I'm telling it on the pod. Okay. Like, so I've been waiting for but a full day. But then you came in and said, oh, why did you fight this other guy? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I did. I don't know. Well, now I'm was, curious. Okay, you go first. Okay, so what happened was, I guess I needed cash or something okay. at that at the bar. So I went to the ATM and I took out a bunch of money, which I was I was like 
feeling good, but I was a little like playfully pissed at you for not buying my drinks. Uh-huh. So I got the I got twenty dollars and I started doing the thing where you're like pulling both ends of it. Oh, yeah. And I was like taunting you from across the room, like, look what I'm using, Max, my money. Oh, I vaguely remember that. And I did not assume that you were trying to taunt me though. It, <laughs> I was just like, change has been weird well, over there. No, but I, I was putting the money through my legs. You you like, I do remember that. I thought it was funny, but I didn't know. Around with performative. It, and I'm like, I'm gonna use this money, Max. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna use this money but there was a guy at the bar who thought i was taunting the bartender okay. like i got this money you want it come, come and get me a drink because he was at the same angle because you were across the bar yeah and the guy goes don't do that you're being a you're being a jerk like what what are you doing mm-hmm. and i go oh no it's uh max kerman over there like you know from from our kells and he's like "Ooh, max kerman from our kells like this guy is friends with max kerman from our kells. <laughs> he starts making fun of you yeah <laughs> and i'm like i'm like no listen it's it's, it's like he owes me money yeah he promised I, me i'm like I... he's supposed to be buying me drinks all night and he's like "Ooh," and the guy goes you're annoying and he like turns away and he's like i'm done with this i'm done and i try to talk to him and he just cuts me off mm. and i'm fuming and i don't know what to do and he's wearing a hat and this is a stupid move I do, but it's like my most non-violent, angry move. I take his hat and I throw it off his head. Whoa. Because I'm angry. <laughs> I know. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm going to like take my punch in the face. Like, because... Oh, you're ready for it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this guy's going to like hit me or push me, but like, fuck him because I'm, I'm super upset. And then a guy comes over. He's like, hey, like, let's not be violent at this bar. And then I was like, oh, you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. And then I kind of walk away and I cool off. Uh-huh. And then I think like, oh, why did I throw that guy's hat off? Only because I feel like I could beat him up if I wanted to. Okay. If he was actually bigger than me, there's no way I'd grab his hat. Because yeah, I'm like, if he did punch me, he would hurt me very bad. So I'm like, I go back and I talk to him. I'm like, listen. I'm like, here's what happened. I'm like, I have a daughter. And <laughs> oh I'm like, just to get the sympathy vote right out of the way. Yeah. And I'm like, I have no money. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I bring up the fact that Max Kerman is uh, standing there, uh, not because I'm trying to brag like I have famous friends. I'm saying he's the big famous rock star who told me to come out tonight, and he's supposed to have all this money to buy me drinks, and he's not buying me the drinks. So I was doing that dance with the money to show him, look, I'm paying for my drinks, because he had told me he was going to buy me drinks. Uh-huh. So I was trying to be funny for him. Mm. I was not taunting the bartender i was taunting max not the bartender yeah. exactly i respect working and, and i'm like and, and i'm like this is a playful joke and i'm like i tipped the bartender a toonie okay. <laughs> on a hundred dollar to that you're, <laughs> yeah. you're a man of the people and then he was like oh he's like okay and then he's mm. like because you have a daughter and all this and we started we started talking and we ended up talking for like i don't know half an hour to oh. 45 minutes wow we kind of made friends but i did feel really bad for yeah but i feel like you're not getting any sympathy because I, I was talking to Dan Hamilton about this. Mm-hmm. When you have when you have like a beautiful house in Hamilton mm-hmm. and a, a second income property, yeah. If you're like, I have no money and I'm wasted a bar and I have, and I have a daughter at home, like nobody's <laughs> giving you any sympathy I whatsoever. Know, I know that, but I'm saying he didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I told him that to garner the sympathy. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's a very weird scenario. I right now I'm just like I guess house poor they call it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I do have two homes. But I wasn't supposed to. 
okay, that's the title of this episode. Yeah, this is I like, do have to. This is painful for me to listen to. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck. That is a great perspective. Yeah. But I know this. I know all this. I know this is yeah. annoying. I know everything's annoying. But I wasn't going to go out that night uh-huh. because I simply have no cash. Yeah. And yeah. you said you were going to buy yeah. me this stuff. And I'm just explaining the story to yeah, the guy. That's perfect. Yeah, that's fair enough. But uh, what's the other fight I got into? So the other thing is, this was like at the, at the last like 10 minutes of the night. Okay. You were being a tease to, to Dutchie. And what uh, does that mean? Dutchie's a, a, a man, right? Yeah, our friend okay. Chris. What I do to him? What well, is, but when you're saying you're being a tease, do you mean he was teasing him? Yeah, yeah. that is like a sexual. Oh, yeah, teasing! You're, you're, you were teasing Dutchie. When you say you were being a tease to someone, it's like you're flirting. with Oh them. no! Yeah. In my mind, it was just you're. Just you're, call you're, it, your phrasing was weird. Just say Sorry. it was teasing. You were teasing Dutchie, and but Dutchie, what? and everybody was drunk, and well, you said ah, it's not important, but you basically were like, "What's your name again?" You pretended to not know who he was, and you know, Chris is a sensitive guy. And oh, I'm not pretending. I honestly, I have trouble with names. Oh, but everyone I, I, knows that. I think he he took it as a uh, you were sort of being uh, condescending or or acting like you was like a nobody, despite the fact you've met him like probably three dozen times. And, oh my god! And then and then and so he and and he's been like I don't know. I I feel like the champ- here's the thing: the Champagne Boys can really uh, be merciless when it comes to making like teasing each other. Mm. And Chris isn't. Part of our gang all the time. He lives in Vancouver. Ouch. Heart of gold. Yeah. No, no, sorry, sorry. He's not around our gang right. as often. Oh yeah. And so I think he took that. He took it a little personally. And and then I think you made a fat joke or something as well. But anyway, what? Yeah. He's not even fat. I know, but you said your name is Dutchie and you used to be bigger. That's what people were telling me. They said I know, but you said it in a way that was mean. Be- well, because I was trying to show him that I knew who he was. I didn't know that was a fight. <laughs> I'm like, you're the guy who used to be fat. It's always good if it used to be. I know, but you can understand why somebody would interpret that as... If someone told me that, I'd be like, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, well, this is nuts because this happened at uh, our friend... I, I'm even struggling with his name now. AJ at his wedding. Mm-hmm. So he comes up to me all drunk. He's like, ah, when we first met, I hated you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why? He's like, you didn't, you pretended you didn't know my name. Mm-hmm. You would always call me Al. I was like, I honestly mixed up your names, mm-hmm. AJ and Al. Uh-huh. Just two letters, both start with A. It's confusing. Yeah. So what what your position is that you're not you're not you're not trying to be offensive. You're just uh you don't you're not I will say this though. You are one of the most quick witted guys I know and also can really know how to dig it. Like for instance, like the reason why I think Mike D is married now is that he was <laughs> single on a trip with you and he couldn't be in a conversation while trying to pick up another girl. Because you just made fun of him. You literally it was a murder you just like there's probably like four of us. And there's one hot girl at the resort, and you just made fun of everybody mm-hmm. mercilessly in a really hilarious way. I was particularly you, desperate that yeah, day. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you could just like cut people down. So and so and, and you, I don't even think you mm-hmm. you fully realize, especially at that hour of the night, uh, how how brutal it can be. That's right. Like, yeah. But I uh, I agree with that. Yeah. But in this particular case, and like. Mike, I think, can have my back on this. Like, if, if we're talking about a show like Mad Men, yeah. and Mike is very good, Mike knows every character's mm-hmm. name inside and out, and he's talking about the characters, a show that I've watched every episode of, I'll be like, who's that guy? And you'll have to explain to me who the guy is, what his name is, in a show I've been watching for years. Yeah, right? Yeah, fair enough. That's just they're, how they're, I am. Those are two separate things, though. No, but, yeah, but I, I, I understand I, how your reality is that, but to everybody, it's to other people's. I was truly not trying events. to be rude to yeah. Dutchie. Yeah. And that's if he listens to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, Fuck those guys. I'll anyway. say I love Dutch. Okay. He's been around for the last, like, I think, 
full week because yeah. we we had a night actually pre the night yeah. randomly. Oh, it was the night we recorded the podcast. Yeah, me and Dutch and him hanging out. It was a great night. I also was out with him and uh, Dan like earlier, but it was nice having him back in town. Yeah. And I, if he is listening to this, uh, yeah, I hope he doesn't feel bad. And Shane, no harm, no foul. Yeah, and I think he, didn't he looks mean great. It. He's in great shape. Yeah, he looks and great. he's a nice person. Yeah, great guy, nicest guy. Anyway, it's it's also funny it's telling because uh, nobody remembers really any of this like i kind of remember but i got a phone call the next morning he's like did i because he called me the first thing at like 10 a.m he's like did i fight with shane last night i was like no you guys were just it was nothing he's like okay cool anyway you don't remember it okay no uh, hats were thrown or anything no no hats okay. were thrown but the one funny <laughs> moment that you had uh <laughs> like is that uh, you're doing the thing where you're sort of nodding off a little bit? Oh yeah, at the bar, and you you're probably <laughs> guys. You, your eyes were closed. Since I've become a dad, yeah. it's like I got I got to keep it moving. It's all good. Your your eyes were closed probably for like a solid like five minutes, and then you all of a sudden like we're having a conversation. You perk up and you go, "Here's the key," <laughs> <laughs> and then you just started to pontificate. For like a solid three minutes. What was, Pro- the, what was the key? Though? I don't. I'm dying to know that part. Well, because sometimes I'm listening. I just just my eyelids just need a little break. They're just like Mikey. Yeah. Let us have a lay down. Yeah. But I'll keep listening to the convo, and yeah. then if something piques my interest, yeah. it's like okay, I'll jump back in. Yeah, yeah. Just a little break. Yeah. Also, this was like so like everybody was putting their eggs in this like Tuesday night party basket because mm-hmm. it was like it was four birthdays. We were gonna have a ton of people. We posted a bunch of stuff on the Mike on much socials, uh, where it was like. Yeah, it was just one of those nights where it's like everybody was going for it. There was a little a uh, little bit of marijuana going around. Oh, was there? Yeah, and good old Dad Mike never really partakes, but I was like, eh, this is like the one big night out and, you know, good friends, everybody, you know, you, there's such a good vibe mm-hmm. that I'm like, I'll take a little puff, you know. Uh, like, And then I think I'm like back in high school, so then mm-hmm. it's like, so I feel like that led to one, my need to go get McDonald's, mm-hmm. and two, maybe why the old eyes just need a little mm-hmm. break. Fair enough. Should we cut that about the marijuana? No, I don't think so. Right. Really? I was just going to ask, do you think you would feel comfortable disclosing that if it wasn't legal in Canada? It's a great question. Yeah. And the answer, well, you know what? There's so many considerations. Like, I don't, like, it is what it is. And it's like, kind of like as a, like, I guess the concern would be like, would somebody listening to this about future employment, would that somehow hurt me? But then in other ways, it's like. So you can get hammered as much as you right? want and it's be like, out of control. How many drunk stories yeah. do we share on here, but then weed's taboo? Like, no, I certainly don't think that. But you never know what external factors could be swayed by saying like, oh, I smoked a little bit of like weed in a country where it's legal with my friends at a birthday party. Is that? It's not crazy. Yeah, but also, there is a bit of trepidation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on it? I think the industry we're in, I think we're pretty scot-free about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but so ironically, you're the most anti-weed guy in the biz. Yeah, I'm not anti-weed. I just don't partic- participate really. But yeah. But uh, yeah, you're right though. There is a weird trepidation. Yeah. You say. Trepidation. I'm just, I was just trying to be cautious. I'm just like, dude, should we bounce it? Why did I share that? But mm-hmm. then I'm like, eh, fuck it. I don't care either way. Yeah. But it was great. It was, uh, it was awesome, an awesome night. Awesome night. Yeah. Um... All right, let's get to some topics. So this was actually not on the list. We have a couple more. T- we, we were going to do, I guess we have Shane's surprise topic near the end. We have a couple other we're going to hit. And then this is one I haven't mentioned to you guys, but I thought it was kind of interesting because I saw it on uh, Twitter. So Shaquille O'Neal has a show coming out on TNT. And it's essentially Shaq, from what I understand, telling stories and then they'll animate the stories. We've seen mm-hmm. versions of this yeah. done in other places. Yeah. It's sort of like a recreation. It's like drunk history, but animated. You got it. Yeah. So Shaq put on his Twitter... Uh, hey, I've got this new show coming out. All you animators out there, go to my website. There's all the elements there, like the animation pieces, like Shaq, and then like an audio file of his story or whatever. He's like, give me your best animation. The winner will get $500, and their animation, animated short will get featured on the TNT show. 
So this this happens. It's like a contest, a Twitter contest. People started to lose their minds on Twitter because they were like, if people understand how hard it is and how much time it takes to animate something good, mm. any like animator worth their like basically. So somebody went to like a like 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 an animator to get a quote on what it would cost to do like a five minute animation for a TV show on TNT, and they would quote anywhere from like three thousand to forty seven thousand wow. dollars in that depending on the 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 talent of the animator, the pedigree, et cetera, et cetera. So everyone's like, this is a classic example of Shaq basically trying to trade opportunity. For mm-hmm. like free labor, and it's yeah. kind of insulting if you are a animator or it is your trade. It's like you're trying to get somebody to do it for five hundred bucks. Either they're going to be the shittiest things you've ever seen, or you're actually it all underpaying. Depends someone. how you look at it, though, because I think if he offered zero dollars, it'd be a lot better off. And the it, it was under the premise of whoever does the best animation, we will use this and feature your name. Yeah, it's like if you're a, a up and coming comedian, you'd pay Netflix to be on there. Right, it wouldn't be like Netflix didn't give me a dime. It would be like, I'll give Netflix a thousand bucks to throw me on their special. So I think it speaks to the shifting um, opinions or sort of outlook on the way that we view labor. Whereas like, I think what you're talking about is exactly what it used to be like in the past, whether it was like internship or like, it's like opportunity, man. It's like, you're going to get to, if you're going to get to open for, I don't know who's a huge band. If you're going to get to open for Taylor Swift, like, why don't you pay us to come on tour? Because you get to play in front of 17,000 people every night. Well, other people would say, well they work harder on their stuff and they should be paid for their stuff. And it's figuring out what that line is. But I guess for animators specifically or people that have a certain talent, it's like, is the op- the potential opportunity worth investing your time to get on Shaq's show? Well, I don't the know. The beauty of it is you get to decide before you put in, put in all those hours. True. And t- I guess the argument too is that Shaq and TNT are so wealthy that if you're going to, they're going to actually air something on their like network TV show and only pay 500 bucks for it. I guess, anyway, this is why people were upset. What, what is the appropriate amount it's funny you ask that. So today, Shaq tweeted, we heard you, we respect you. The one we pick, we're going to pay the prize money. 10000 Nailed it. Oh, wow. So 10000 is now the new prize amount instead of 500 hmm. So oh, wow. it feels like the, the online backlash, I, it either worked, I don't know if it changed the way that Shaq thought. Maybe Shaq didn't even think about it like this. Maybe he's not even involved. Maybe it's someone running a contest or whatever. Or maybe he saw some of these tweets because he does seem to be a pretty involved tweeter. Like maybe he was like, I'm not going to do the Shaq voice, but maybe he's like, hey, like we can absolutely afford like, and Shaq would seem like, I mean, from what we, we watch with him, the sort of guy that'd be like, no, don't do tweet that. Like give it, make it 10,000, mm-hmm. like really boost it up. Yeah, it's a really interesting question. And, and like, I think, yeah, as you say, every creative industry has some version of this because and I, you can, there's kind of two parts to it. On one hand, I think it's like a moral duty for the people in charge and the people who have the money and the resources to treat, you know, their interns or like, you know, the people who are up and coming, treat them well, like the way we treat intern Erica, for example. Um, Erica, say yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, And, but on the other hand, if you're a young, hungry person, you'll do anything for an opportunity because, and if you're any, because if you're smart about it, you're going to parlay that into money and a career. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, you'd be like, like how many free things did you do, Shane, or for like pizza coupons when you were first coming up, and all those things sort of like everything on my own volition too. I was never forced into it, or you never forced into yeah. it, but it's like showing that you're keen and that you're passionate about whether it's animation. I, or I would a have movie. paid to be a part of it all because yeah. to me it was like more than a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like I was literally on a show that aired before Saturday Night Live. Yeah, like it was awesome. So cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and so. 
on one hand, like should J.R. Diggs have paid you more money? It's like uh, maybe he he didn't pay you anything. And- but by the way, he eventually did pay me. What do you mean? Like he eventually started paying me. It was just for the first year and a half I didn't get any money. Sure. Yeah. It's, but the, the, it's not like he didn't have the money in that first year and yeah, a half. So some some people would say he. I don't think he did have the money actually. Okay, okay well, but for so, theories to, to your point, yeah. Max, let's say he did have the money. Does he have an obligation to pay you? Well, he has an obligation. Like, I guess I could work it out with him if I felt that, and then he could make that decision. But I, he would always tell me, "Listen, if I had the money, I would pay you." Mm-hmm. And I, me and Jer were more than workers; we were also friends, so mm-hmm. I trusted him implicitly. Yeah, it just, it just when you're young, you kind of just have to go for stuff, and even if it means like you're maybe weirdly getting taken advantage of, or some would see it as being taken advantage mm-hmm. of, you also go. I don't care because this work experience is going to lead to other like bigger and better things. And you know my I mean? skills were very shit too. Yeah. So I was looking at it as a great opportunity to improve everything. Uh-huh. Yeah, you might not have been worth what you thought you I were. I was worth nothing. Point. Right. And I think also like for anybody entering that position, like if you're a young person, it's like you also, and you see this with unionization, which is another thing we never really talked about what's happening at the ringer. But like you also have to gauge when you go into a negotiation or like you want to fight for what you think is right. Like you have to gauge the level of the company. You have to gauge like the level of can they even afford you? Because if it's the, if the alternative is like if you want this much, well, we can't afford to pay that. So that means there's no position. So it's either this sort of smaller amount or it's like you can come and work for free, but Basically, it's like if we have to pare down, you know what I mean? You have to always know the leverage, meaning like this will like does the position have to exist or something like that in any sort of negotiation? I feel like it's like that's the hard thing. I think when you're dealing with something like TNT and Shaquille O'Neal, that's the argument is like this is a multi million dollar company. They're one of the most successful things like, you know what I mean? This is these are heavy hitters Mm -hmm. trying to get a piece of animation for 500 bucks. Well, and even with the JR thing, it's just to me, it's it's hard because it's such a given that I would an 18 year old is living in their parents' basement and obviously that parent's not paying rent. Right. So I always put everyone on the same scale, but some people, maybe they're out on their ass alone and they actually need to work a job. And if they are working 50 hours at a volunteer job, they actually need to get paid or they don't, they can't do it. That's well, yeah. a huge argument is that you, you people mm-hmm. that have the time and resources, usually kids that are living at home mm-hmm. will always get those. That's my problem. I looked at it like I was on an equal playing field. So when I'm like, ah, just work like you ain't paying rent, yeah. but it's like some people are at that age. So. Yeah, oh, for sure. And this is actually a whole other issue when it comes to like um, college applications and like when you're trying to get into like a grad school or med school, it's like the kids that really stack their resume usually come from wealthy homes where they didn't have to work a summertime, like a summer job, but just instead volunteered at the hospital and like then the resume is like stacked. Yeah. Uh, but it's because their parents said, no, don't worry. Just, just volunteer. We got you. Whereas other, you know, poor kids don't have that luxury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, but I do like good look for Shaq either way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, it was dumb of him in, in the first place though, to just say $500. And it was good of him, but, but I do, I do like how public opinion becomes like a unionized kind of force. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's like, it's it becomes like, um, because you see this come up from time to time. I feel like um, did like Lena Dunham get into something on her book tour or something or something about like this sometimes happens when there's like um, a like a oh a fan can open for a band but it's like but they only got paid a hundred dollars and then yeah. and then and then like the artist gets called out for you know treating the opener like shit so you have to be so if you're gonna do that you have to be obviously like very mindful of that. You got to treat people well. Yeah. Had he not put any dollar amount on it, he would have been way better off. Mm. It was just, he was almost like saying, this is how much this is worth, right? It's yeah. And it's more like, it's more like, uh, 
your payment will be that you get to be on the TV show. Exposure. Yeah. Basically, mm-hmm. you get exposure in lieu of pay. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, even though in the past that was absolutely an acceptable sort of form of, like, exchange, people, I think, uh, philosophically now feel like it's, it's, it's like a, it's a stacked mm-hmm. system and just a way to get free labor. Yeah. But, you know, you're going to get different opinions all across the board. We should have someone in here that basically would strongly argue maybe the the other way of doing things and it'd be more of a healthy debate. Hmm. Yeah. Who would be that person? Well, you, you, Shane you, took a good... good you know who'd be that person? Kevin O'Leary. Yes. Oh. There's a segue. Um, <laughs> you're <I> welcome. Mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually didn't quite know how to get into this story. So Max set the topics today and they were... Uh, Kevin O'Leary was one of the topics. And when I said, I didn't really respond to the, to the text, but I, I did think, I was like, how are we going to discuss this story uh-huh. for a couple of reasons? So for those of you who don't know, Kevin O'Leary um, is a, uh, it's a very wealthy uh, businessman. Uh, he's actually a part, full disclosure, of Bell Media in some regard because he's always on BNN. I actually see him in the commissary a lot. I see him in the parking lot a lot. Yeah. Um, But he was on Dragon's Den here in Canada as like one of the investors. I'm sure you're aware of that show. If not, there's a version in the States called Shark Tank with Mark Cuban. It's very popular. Kevin O'Leary had moved on to being one of the investors on that. So he is a very um, somewhat famous sort of television personality slash uh, multimillionaire. A uh, bulldog, conservative. He, he had plans at one point to run. Dabbled in politics. He's yeah. going to run for on the conservative ticket here in yeah. Canada. Um, absolutely. He's a very abrasive personality. Him and Mark Cuban would always battle on the panel at Shark Tank, stuff like that. But uh, this past weekend at Lake Joseph in the Muskoka area here in Canada, uh, he was involved in a boating accident where two people have died. So from what we understand from the story, from the reporting, that I think we were, I read on CBC.com, that, that article you sent, yeah. is that uh, at 1130 at night on a Saturday, uh, him and his wife were in a boat going, I'm guessing, at a fast speed. And there was another boat on the lake uh, with, I think, eight people in it, but it was a larger boat. They didn't have their lights on. And the O'Leary boat hit this boat. It like went across, it skimmed across the bow somehow, uh, hitting one of the, like a man on the boat. He died instantly. And then a woman on the boat uh, passed away after some time due to critical in- injuries. Uh, and so he released a statement basically saying uh, that there was no lights on the boat. So he sort of set the scene. And then he also said that the other boat fled. So the boat that they hit, they said, sort of fled. And that was the statement. And then the police in the CBC report, did you read the full article, Max? That you, yeah. you said, basically they, they, they disputed the fled wording because, and it was, I was talking to actually our friend Randall about this cause he has a cottage and he boats all the time. He's like, it's not like when you say fled, that's kind of misleading because essentially if something happens in the water like that, you, for, you have to go to shore because you mm. need medical attention. So it's not like you're going to, it's a car accident where you both sit there and work it out while you wait for the ambulance to come yeah. to you. Yeah. It's like, if somebody's <clears throat> injured, you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go. Yeah. But I never and, thought about that angle to it. Yeah. Cause it's not like you like pull over to the side let's of the road wait, and just sort this here, out. Yeah. It's like somebody's seriously fucking injured get to shore yeah. whatever so i so so the police sort of contradicted like the fled narrative which was the the, the language that kevin used mm-hmm. and then um i guess both boats went on their way so it wasn't like you know what i mean it's like both boats like accident happened there were injuries i think maybe on both i don't know and then they both had to go so there's a lot that we don't really know about this story mm-hmm. um obviously it's a very sad story because people have passed away it's obviously a very popular story because there's a famous person involved um, yeah, I don't know. What's the angle? What are your thoughts on this story? Why did you want to talk about it? Yeah, I don't know exactly what the angle is. I just thought it was interesting the way, because he's known as a spinster to a certain degree. It's like he, he is able to take any situation, especially if he's talking to like a liberal person, and go, oh, you look at it this way? I actually look at it this way. 
And if, uh, as a viewer of uh, what was the show he was on? It was a business show on CBC before. It was really good. It was he was sort of he'd always debate um, with a with a female colleague. Anyway, like it should be said too that uh, he stated that his wife was driving the boat and she passed a field sobriety test. Yeah, go on. Um, anyway, I always get frustrated watching him and his take on on things because because he is a kind of a contrarian. He chooses to see the world in a particular kind of way and in a way that I usually don't agree with on any level. And so for him to come out and make this statement using certain language and having the police go, oh, not, that's not quite you know, the way it was described to us. And then also I think to have members of the other family go, the, he's already starting this, uh, this news cycle and trying to get out ahead of it. It just... Um, it felt very disingenuous and because he's such a public person known specifically for spending things in a particular way, I think it clouds the, the whole case in a way that's, I think, unfavorable to him. Super fascinating. Yeah, that, that that's an interesting way to put it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, because I'm sure if any famous or rich person in this situation would go, fuck, how this is brutal and this is tragic. How am I going to deal with it? Uh, and let's say another person who we all liked, let's say Trudeau did this, and, right. he, and he said the exact same thing. I'd feel a little differently about it. I think if, if he used the exact same words right. um, as Kevin O'Leary, I'd maybe give Trudeau a more benefit of the doubt, only because I like Trudeau more, and I think I'm to be a slightly more honest guy or whatever. Did they give everyone on the boat a sobriety test on the O'Leary boat? Yeah, not that I'm aware of. So they couldn't. The officer wouldn't comment on that. Like, mm. and by the way. Even on the other boat, we don't know the situation on the other boat. But it was interesting that there, there was two pieces of language in the O'Leary statement, which was essentially their lights weren't on. So, like, we didn't see them in the lake, which is like a violation, which is immediately the language shifts responsibility in some ways. Yeah. And then fled, which is like a sort of it's an interesting choice of words. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. So. So anyway, to your point, I think exactly that's it. It's like you end up re- you you can't help but sort of have a cynical read on it you know what i mean that's, yeah that's exactly the way i feel about it but i don't know like obviously there's not that much information right now for us to even talk and about, maybe but, we're being unfair yeah. to to the o'leary's and we do we just well okay we, we totally i'm i'm yeah we totally could be being unfair to the o'leary's but the reputation that he's built for himself mm-hmm. the, the fortune and the fame that he's built for himself is on this very tactic and it's just interesting that like they might be kind of coming back to bite him in the ass where everyone goes, fuck you. Like we know your tricks. We know all of your tricks. We've been watching your tricks for the last 10 years on television. I don't know. So the one time you're not trying to trick people, no one's going to believe you. Yeah. 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 And by the way, he, he, Kevin O'Leary would say, I've never tried to trick anybody. I truly believe in all my opinions that I've ever said publicly. But mm-hmm. to us, to, to, to someone like myself, like it feels like spin all the time. The most interesting thing that came out of this was just walking up when Mike and I were coming out of the elevator. Mike revealed he's a boat person, <laughs> which to me, <laughs> I never would think you're a boat guy. Like you'd be oh, the yeah, least. You were talking likely. about this the other night at the birthday party. I was. Yeah, I you were talking always, about yeah. wanting to get a boat. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, was that the revelation once you woke up? No, I. So what happened was, <laughs> yeah. here's the key: so, boats. <laughs> <laughs> so years ago, that's actually what I was dreaming about while I was yeah. taking a nap. Was it was just out on the water. I no. So here. <laughs> So years ago, uh, my brother, I uh, was dating a girl and her brother 
uh, was selling a boat. Do you guys remember this at all? No. Nope. This is like three years ago uh, or whatever. Vaguely. Yeah. So his name was Evan. He was selling a boat and I saw it on like Facebook and he was selling it for like $1,500 or something. And so I was looking at my phone. Danica was, we were driving somewhere and I went, ooh. And Danica goes, what? And I go, Evan's selling a, a boat. She goes, oh yeah, that's cool. I'm like, yeah, it's like 1500 bucks. I think I'm going to buy Evan's boat. She goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, <laughs> I want to be like I love boats. Like, like I don't even care. I don't have to. Like, we could just chill at the dock and drink. Like, imagine after well, work. You just... don't own a dock though. There, you have no water. Well, you're, okay. <laughs> First of all, you're starting to sound suspiciously like my wife. This is how that conversation went. She goes, she goes. What do you know about owning a boat? I'm like, I don't know, but we could figure it out. I'm like, fifteen hundred dollars. I'm like, we could sort that. She's like, okay. She's like, where do you store it in the winter? I go, oh, yeah, okay. She goes, do you know how much dock fees are? I'm like, well, no, I don't know how much dock fees are. She's like, Mike, by the time, like, yeah, the boat's 1500 to get in. She's like, but it's going to probably cost you, like, thousands of dollars in the winter to store the fucking boat. She goes, and it's going to cost you money to keep in whatever harbor you pitch yourself drinking in with your friends. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. I love whenever you retell any, like, kind of conversation between you and Danica. It's like you have, like, whoa, this thing. And she goes, uh-huh. Yeah, like, I have a grand dream. Yeah. And, and then she, she goes, systematically uh, crushes it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so great. It happens every time. So you were going to keep the boat in the Hamilton Harbor. Yes. We lived right. in Hamilton at the time. Okay. I was going to buy the boat, and then I didn't really think about where I was going to keep it, but then once I ha- I thought about this a little bit more, I would have just had to keep it in the harbor, and there's a fee for that. It's like anything, right? Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the two obstacles. Also, I'd have to get a boating license. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know how to ride. I don't know how to fucking drive one or whatever. So anyway, this it's always kind of been this weird dream of mine floating around. You know, I kind of like sometimes floating around. Floating around. I, I kind of sometimes throw it out there to my father-in-law, and he's like, uh, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, you gonna buy a boat? And I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm like, you want to like go in on one? But it's like he probably doesn't want to share a boat with me. Uh, <laughs> so then, uh, so anyway. Over the last, like, I don't know, like, I'd say this summer specifically, every time I go by the harbor down here in Toronto, I'm like, we could get a boat. I'm like, we could go back and forth between Toronto and Hamilton. I'm like, friends could, like, hang out on it. Like, imagine on a Friday after work, I was just going and hanging out on the boat and mm-hmm. crushing beers. Do you but, have any interest in actually, like, using the boat, like, yeah, in the water? I would take people on, on like, rides. Could you oh, okay. use the boat to commute? Like, your day, like you, if you, yep. let's say you move back to Hamilton, you could actually get to work via boat? Yep. I just have to pay fees at both har- uh, docks, like, in the Hamilton mm. Harbor and then here in Toronto. But you that avoid commute? that traffic. Yeah. yeah, like, how long is that? Depends how fast my boat goes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, working, I'm crunching some numbers right now, fellas. <laughs> So anyway, it does it does feel like a bit of a pipe dream, but and Danica like is sort of very lovingly just like every time I get weirdly excited about it, she's sort of like and by the way, the reality of it is like to get a significant boat like I cannot afford a boat at this point. It'd almost be like I'd have to find a chunk of money and then it would have to be like a mortgage on the boat and then all the fees. I would be boat poor. You know how your house poor right now? Yeah. I'd be boat poor and, and Max would have to be buying my dreams too. <laughs> yeah. And then we'd both be you like his surrogate children. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think I would I, I don't think it's feasible, but hey man. If if I ever come into a chunk of money, or maybe if I, I keep saving and we keep doing these pods and TV shows, maybe one day uh, yeah. we'll be sitting on my boat in the uh, Toronto uh, yeah. harbor there. That'd be the dream. So anyway, does it seem that crazy? Uh, Don't I'm everyone not, talk I, at once? <laughs> Have you guys been texting with Danica? <laughs> do not encourage. Yeah, him. if he brings up the boat, <laughs> do not. I'm just. Uh, I'm always curious. What like boat people? What do they love about the boat? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm boat agnostic, by the way. So. I will okay. So first of all, on a nice summer day to like sit on the boat, not take it out, but just sit on the dock and like have some drinks on the boat is great. No interest in it. No interest. Zero. So you do you would you say you prefer being on the boat when it's anchored more maybe even than when it's moving? Here's the beauty of a boat, Shane. 
I think that I'd love both. It's like right. it's like I can have people in a boat. I'm like, here's the beauty. Let me break it down. We're not gonna go out in the water today, but you know what, Maxie, Shane, Eric, we're gonna record on the boat today. Let's do a pot on the boat, crush some beers, and then you know what? It's like I'm a little too tipsy. I don't want to go home and bug Danica and Winnie. I'm gonna sleep on the boat tonight. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Think about that. Think about that. Shane. When you wanted to stay in town, I just let you sleep on the boat. Right. <laughs> I feel like I'd get sick at night or something. Seasick. Yeah, seasick. Nah, you'd get over it. Have you ever been seasick? No. Right. No, man. No further. Questions. I love the water. I'm like a fish <laughs> that likes to be on a boat. It doesn't quite <laughs> make sense. That's a good analogy, man. I'm like a fish in a fish tank on a boat. <laughs> so that's so. Basically, Shane and I ended up talking about this, and he started laughing at me for being a boatman. And then we were just like, "Let's save it for the pod." <laughs> okay, and great. you're anti-boat, Max. Oh uh, yeah, I don't care about that at all. Yeah. All right, Erica, where do you fall on the uh, whole uh, boat? I love boats as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. Did your family have a boat? No. Also, no. I, I think the other thing too is because, like, because you guys know how I've grown up, you know, my my, my circumstances. I feel like having a boat would be this real sort of like status symbol. It'd be like a sense of like, like I oh, made it. I'd be like, holy shit! Like things are going like decent enough that I like I own a boat. Like <laughs> I don't know, man. It sounds pretty cool. Like people got their thing. Mine's a fucking boat. Guys, don't crush my dreams. No, I'm into it. I'm really happy for you, man. All right. Yeah. All right. I right. hope that our uh, our listeners can still relate. I, this guy's talking about being broke, owning two houses. I'm like, I just want to own a boat. It's like, <laughs> yeah, this is hard for me. I'm just trying to eat dinner tonight. Oh, uh, we'll we, let's pay for Erica's dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah. it's okay. We'll get no, you. I'm not looking for gimmies, but I'm just saying. Yeah. All right. That, the nut always used to use that as a term of like, uh, if you're looking good, he'd be like, Shane, uh, you look like you'd be a guy to own a boat. he's like you look good like he's like look at this he's like you look great you look like a a guy who'd own a boat and then (laughs) later on he'd get drunk and he'd tease me he's like no i said your face looks like a boat (laughs) he's like look at boat face and yeah so anytime he started getting boaty when he was sober i started getting scared because i knew the insults were coming later speaking of boats did you hear the nut and and our good friend of the pod lights and mandra asher going on a boat I might be going on this boat, too. I was wondering. Well, the issue is it's on moving day. So the movers are coming at 3. Mm. The boat takes off at 1. I've made a deal with the captain of the boat. If you can get me back to shore by 2.30, I will come on the boat from 1 to 2.30. What did he say? He said, I'll do it for you, man. He went, yeah, I, <laughs> I was hoping for an invitation. Yeah. Um, uh, well, because the, the big news that's coming out of this is that the nut is going to be getting a tattoo done by lights. Oh, yeah. What's the tattoo going to be of? It's a cactus with a machine gun. Is that you? You remember that? Yeah, I didn't. Re- I just I thought he said he was gonna let lights decide what it is. Mm. Yeah, lights is a little amateur tattoo artist. I think lights did come to that decision. So the nuts gonna be walking around with a cactus with a machine gun tattoo. Yeah, done by lights on a boat. Yep. Mm. See, they wouldn't even have to rent a boat. I could be the captain of the boat. I could have my friends on. I could bring them in the harbor. That's not a bad idea. Maybe you should like be a boat renter. But there's something nice about saying I own a boat. I guess. Is a boat not a terrible ta- place to be getting a tattoo? That's a great point. Seems like it's moving a lot. Yeah. Don't tell the nut. Yeah. Yeah. His tattoo's just the most shaky, like <laughs> right off the leg. I don't know where he's getting it. Uh, okay. Last topic. Uh, second last topic. Second. I always forget about Shane's surprise. Sex robots. It's because you know why? It's because I'm a very list-oriented guy, and so when you send your thing, I just read the list. But I always, uh, anyways. So this last one, like Max said, is sex robots. This article was sent to us by Manager Ash, actually. Um, so this article is hilarious because the headline is sex robots with coding errors could strangle you in the act. One would argue some might pay for that uh, feature. Uh, yeah. But the funniest thing about this stupid article is the guy that does these uh, these things is a doll collector named Brick Dollbanger. And he's an expert on sex <laughs> That's robots. That's not his birth name. Well, I don't That'd know. That'd be crazy if it was, yeah. though. 
it, yeah, it's almost like your name chose your profession for you. <laughs> yeah. It's like he wasn't going to be a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> little on the nose. Okay, so doll collector Brick Dollbanger is an expert on sex dolls <laughs> who was warned that a coding error could turn your robotic girlfriend into a killer, strangling you in the act. Dollbanger works with sex robot manufacturer Real Botox, another great name, and Abyss, where he warned, it scares me to death, it's a machine, and it's always going to be a machine. Wow. But read the headline to the other one. That's this, it's the same story, but another headline. That's right. There. So two articles got sent because they didn't know if it was his. <laughs> okay, this is in the sun.co.uk. Sex robots could suddenly malfunction and attack their Randy Masters. <laughs> expert warns. <laughs> They're Randy Masters. Randy's horny. Of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, my God. So, guys, thoughts on sex robots like is the main question like would we fuck one (laughs) we can start there and for me for me it would be again no no no, i haven't had sex with one uh yet no um no but i i don't think i could at this point just because would alex think it's cheating oh she hates sex robots (laughs) and she hates virtual reality okay like she hates all pornography in general. She hates um, masturbation within marriage. Like uh, what? Yeah, like she doesn't like it. She just she, she just she wants it all. It yeah, competition or something. Exactly. Yeah. So I she hates the idea of like VR getting so good that it's like you would desire it more than your own wife. Mm-hmm. Even that's mm-hmm. a freaky thought. Has mm-hmm. she seen Black Mirror? That seems like very Black Mirror. Yeah, she doesn't like any of that stuff. Ugh. Crazy. So where are you going to hide your sex doll? I don't know. <laughs> this is why it's on your boat. Homes. On your boat. <laughs> One of my other homes is just housing the dolls. <laughs> I found a great new renter. Uh, uh, where are you going, Shane? Just got to do some runos. <laughs> <laughs> we need a renter in that house, Shane. No. <laughs> just let it appreciate. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. Max, yeah, what about you, Max? Um, Would you get it on with a sex doll? Does it, I've never, it's never really crossed my mind. You seem uh, like a Randy Master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought those, Randy uh, Master. those British tabloid uh, copywriters are hilarious. They are. They're yeah, really wherever, good. Wherever they are, I always read them because it's just like the copy is always Randy Master. So good. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, no, d- it doesn't really appeal to me that Would much. Would Lauren consider it cheating? Oh, I don't think so. Let's say the robot got to the point where it was so realistic uh-huh. that it just looked like a real girl. Uh huh. Hmm. I don't think she'd consider it cheating. But she has no problem with like all that stuff. Yeah, she's. I, th- I think she'd be okay with it. I'll, I'm gonna is, see her after this Oscar about it. <laughs> Sex dolls. Thoughts. Uh, Go. I Love just em. wanted to get some pizza. Uh, so okay, but here's the question: Is a sex doll just another form of masturbation? Mm. I'd say at this point because they don't look realistic enough. As a man that has never tried it. No, but I'm saying like... I'm kidding. Like blow up dolls is how we picture it, right? Or no, even no. Like even the, the picture, that, that wasn't convincing to me. It still looked like a sex robot. Right. So like once we get to a science fiction future where they're indistinguishable from other humans... Yeah, then we can discuss it. Right. Mm, what right. are your thoughts, Erica? Would you ever have sex with like a male sex robot? No, I that freaks me out. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like in a free world, people should have access to it. I mean, I would never do it, but I think that like that kind of 
companionship? Well, just like the future of like that industry and where it's all going. I feel like it should be accessible because if you, you're not breaking a law. You're not hurting anybody. Right. You know what I mean? But let's say um, if you were in a relationship and your boyfriend was having sex with a, a sex robot on the regular. No, that's not okay. Probably. No? Yeah. Mm, no. Yeah. It doesn't seem like women like these things. Well, okay. So I, first of all, in theory... It's like, like you said, it's like, whatever, it just feels masturbatory. It's like, it is what it is. And I also wonder why, like, I, I, sometimes it's like we try to evolve so much beyond like a sort of religious or a puritanical society. Like we have so many hangups with sex where it's like, it's like if you like video games, right? And you play video games, why is that an acceptable form of entertainment? But like having sex with a sex doll, which again, you're using a machine to stimulate yourself. Why is that, um offensive or like uh, you know uh, socially unacceptable and it's because it involves sex and we have all these hang-ups societally about sex still well, i think it's almost because it doesn't involve sex because you're not having that human connection and sex is supposed to be one of those things that connects but us. that's what i'm getting it's supposed to be like yeah does well, it though full, is it? alex's whole argument would be like this is taking a uh, away from sex because it's not actually sex but sex is between like humans but there's so many people that don't have a partner that it's like, mm-hmm. and it's like, why can't it be like this thing? Well, I guess the idea would be uh, for some people that you get desensitized. So then you actually realize you don't even need the partner. And then you're like, why go to the bar when Britney's the hottest person I'll ever get? <laughs> like that the sex doll's a name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Britney at my rental house. But you yeah. know what I mean? Like you might be less apt to go out if this beautiful sex doll is like fulfills, looks exactly the way well, you want. It's like that movie. What's that? What was that movie where he falls oh, in love with Siri? Her? Her. her. Oh, yeah. Her. Yeah, Index right? Machino probably even more. Never yeah, he it. releases the killer doll because he's he's in love with her ultimately. Yeah. But yeah. You, does that concern you though that we're living this age of, you know, cell phones and like sort of um, isolation because of technology and that if the technology gets so good when it comes to these sex robots that like nobody's going to go out and interact. Like one of the, like I feel like going out and meeting people at a bar and stuff like that's like, you know, part of mm-hmm. like living and and if it becomes a hard thing to do right. and you have a better option, then are we going to lose that? Like, I wonder if it could get to the point where it's so good that it could make a friend for you. Mm. And AI that friend is actually better than a real friend. Well, here's the well, here's the, the trouble is that AI will get there. I think I think it will. I think like AI will end up becoming a better in our they, lifetime. You think? Though? Well, here's the thing. It's like because friendships, relationships, all of that stuff. They're hard sometimes. Like they're fraught with challenges, meaning you can't always get what you want all the time. If you're solely interfacing with AI, you can turn it off whenever you want, or the minute it gets challenging, you can reprogram. So it's like it's like you kind of get to live in your own version of like a non-challenging existence while still getting companionship mm-hmm. or sex. So it's like I guess the argument would be that mo- so many people choose that that we stop procreating. Is that the like is that the there's already too many people in the world. Mm. I don't know, but aren't we kind of flattered when someone who has the choice not to hang with you chooses to hang with you? That's part like, of it. Like, I feel like the ego trip of having cool friends and everything goes out the window when you've programmed them to be that way. Could be it, but I think a lot of people maybe, like, don't have, like, maybe those social sort of, like, friendships aren't available to them because they're socially awkward or they're having a that's, tough existence. That, that's the problem, and it's the same thing as sex, so maybe if the robots can provide that, you'll never actually even challenge yourself to or go try. Real, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they'll avoid, yeah. The, they'll avoid the pain that comes with rejection. That's what I mean. That's like is, the is, double edge. Yeah, I don't know. I get. I, I, is that a bad thing? I, I was saying the only sort of the, the, the real negative I see, I guess, and this doesn't even feel like a, is like 
we lose the procreation, we lose the babies, but yeah. enough people will also be still interacting. I, I guess it's like it could be it could be different for different people. Like you say, if you're in a relationship, then it could be detrimental because you will start to sort of withdraw from your partner because you'll end up choosing the the less difficult thing. If you can go actually get companionship from your from what would you call her, Rebecca? Uh, Brittany. Brittany. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> so it's like if you can hang out with Brittany, Brittany, and she's not going to like you know give you a hard time. It's like I'm going to pick Brittany, or if your wife can go and hang whatever your companionship is. It's like. Yeah, maybe you take the least challenging path. That's what we seem to do as humans time and time again. But you do lose something, to Max's point. Like, the lifeblood of, like, our society and what we do is sort of communal living. It's like going to bars, commiserating, having these these moments. But I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe don't have that. Would you have sex with one, and would Danica consider cheating? Um, <laughs> I, you, you, I, it's a good question in the sense that, like... Like I said, philosophically, I'm not against having sex with them. I'm not. I I probably wouldn't at any. T- it's, I'm not like. It's not necessarily appealing to me. Right. But in this sort of hypothetical, like I, just for curiosity, you're like Danica. I'm gonna try this tonight, mm-hmm. just out of curiosity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it turned out it wasn't a robot, but I was very confused, and I thought it was a sex robot. Uh, Her name was Brittany. Yeah, it's the neighbor. No. Uh, so I. Uh, no. Like I. To answer your question, I think Danica. We've never discussed it, uh, but I'll, again, like Max said, I'll ask tonight, but I, I think she'd probably lean more like, why are you doing this? Like, what's the issue? Like, why <laughs> why do you feel the need to have sex with a doll, like a, a sex robot? Yeah, I'm like, don't call her a doll. It's a sex robot. Uh, I'm like, instead of like, let's, let's sort out why you're choosing that over me, and it would lead to a larger discussion, but just on its very sort of surface, if you ask, would she have a problem with me fucking a sex doll? I think yes. What about answer. general J-O-ing? Is that cool, or is it just a, this unknown thing that's never discussed? No, we discuss those things. Like I think like I think every couple needs to get to their own place of whether it's like it's just a sort of accepted practice for both parties, men and women, and you need to get to what you're comfortable with as a couple. And I would say that like that is something that we we discuss and you know, we're comfortable with, man. Cool. Let's throw a disclaimer at the top of this episode. This is like who's Savage Love? Who used to yeah, Savage Love and who's the who's the older woman that used to do this all the time? Oh, she was on TV. She's very famous. Sue? Sue. There you go. Yeah, Sue the sex person. <laughs> Verbatim. Yeah. Yeah. Where where do Sue you guys Johansson. fall on the uh the masturbation fault line, Max? Eh, we're all pretty cool about it. It's like don't ask, don't tell type of thing. Uh no, it gets brought up from here, but it's but it's not like a hot button issue, buddy. Who does stretch. it more? You or Lauren? <laughs> not answering that what Mike had this whole thing about puritanical society and we're trying to break down these barriers oh sure uh, I'd say just about equal uh, <laughs> you convinced you pretty quick to yep. answer I'll never answer that question oh, just about equal it's a tie. Um, so sex robots yeah they're the future man or maybe not the last thing I'd say um, because they're talking about like if the code gets written badly the, the sex robot will kill you that yeah. was one of the premise mm-hmm. of the article I do think about that a lot uh, on a greater society level when it comes to just like how like when the internet is down everybody fucking goes nuts when twitter stops working or instagram stops working everybody goes nuts one of these days like the biggest terrorist attack like of our lifetime i'm predicting now will be like somebody fucking with the grid and like airplanes not being able to land or you know electricity going out in a major way or people's um sort of personal records being erased for good yeah. or what? like yeah. th- that's the kind of shit that actually kind of really scares me. Right. Yeah. If like basically if there were a weapon, like a technology blast, meaning yeah. you could just send out a pulse that would kill everything, like all the computers. It's like, unless like, and nobody rolls with cash anymore. Like what would we barter and trade with? It I would know. be chaos. Yeah. It would be chaos. So you need to get gold. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't understand. I mean, I've done this rant before, but I don't get why gold is valuable. Me neither. I don't yeah. get why. It's, I don't. It's just we picked something. 
That's like a rare. random thing that like it's like I guess it's kind of shiny, but there's lots of shiny shit out there. It's yeah. like there's like mm-hmm. random metal like that piece of metal over there. Like it kind of works as like an electrical conductor, so it can kind of be like what's its practical application? You know what? I heard something interesting in the 1600s. Uh, tulips were like a version of gold, where they they was um, people really valued tu- tulips, uh, like the flower. Yeah, and. Then and then there's a, a tulip crash, mm-hmm. and they, like the Netherlands lost all their money. I'm getting this, some of these facts wrong, but basically, at some point in time, tulips yeah, were things really in important. rare supply. Yeah, and uh, lobster used to be for poor people, and now they're for rich people. Yeah, talk Damn. about a comeback mm-hmm. for the lobster. Wow, That's true. Inspirational. I was trying. I was trying to think of a bad joke about how tulips will always be valuable. Mm-hmm. Well, I was trying to think to of a joke doll. about how we would barter with sex dolls, like whoever tulips. The, we, yeah, mm. <laughs> that's and where I was going with ah, it. Nice. Thank you, Erica, for the laugh. Well, I was yeah. out of disgust. All right, third topic. <laughs> <laughs> third topic. For my third topic, since Max right. gave me this option, I figured. I would just finish off the questions. Okay, cool. Because I have been making promises to people like I was going to. Yeah, that was fun last time. Yeah. yeah. Giving advice. Okay, so. Hold on, Erica, where are we at? We are at 56 minutes. Dope. Let's do some questions. Okay, so a guy asked me, uh, this was about the farting topic. He wanted to know everyone's thoughts on farting at a urinal. Or I guess in your case, Erica, farting in a stall. Like, is that still funny, or is that just an accepted practice when you're in the washroom? I think it's accepted practice in the bathroom. Yeah. I think it's like there's like there's a guy at least for guys. There's a guy code. There's like oh, you know people are kind of tend to their business, their private business. See, I would never do it, but I do find it very funny when I hear it. But I know that's not the type of funny where I can laugh at. Uh-huh. So my eyes are kind of just smiling and laughing as I'm staring blankly at the wall forward. Yeah, that's that's the way I look. That's, at that's it. a polite way to. You don't want to embarrass anyone either, unless mm-hmm. it's like a buddy. Then I'll like break that sure and maybe laugh yeah i think all farting is acceptable in the bathroom it's like where are you gonna do it but like, is yeah. it still funny no oh i find it funny in the washroom yeah right i do well, I'm, i don't find it funny i don't find it gross though either. well here's the thing if someone just lifts out like a i'm not gonna find it funny <laughs> but if i'm in the bathroom and there's like a i'm not gonna do the noise yeah. we'll put the sound effect in erica <laughs> and it's like genuinely like a comical sounding fart yeah of course i'm gonna find it funny and is it funnier at the urinal than it is uh when you're in the stall because i think it is funnier yeah it yeah. is i mean i would comment like if, if a stranger farted next to me at a urinal i'd be like you really went for that and i'd keep it moving <laughs> but you'd have to be at like a leafs game and like be a little drunk you wouldn't just do that to like our boss right well i would I well mean, i know friends. i'm yeah, talking yeah. about dj yeah <laughs> i'd say that to dj too what about you uh erica i hate leaving you out uh yeah, do what you got to do in the washroom. Uh, I don't think it's funny. I wouldn't no. laugh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all is acceptable in the washroom. That's where you're supposed to do it, man. Get yeah, it out. That's true. Very true. Uh, Who asked that question? I don't know. It right. was on uh, social media. Okay, this was an email. Uh, I can't be arsed with a voice note, but here's my predicament, boys. I moved to the UK just after Christmas, and I feel like this whole experience has been like a bad organ transplant. I lost my job, my relationship fell apart, and I'm starting to run out of savings. But there's lots of upsides. I've traveled around a bunch, met amazing people, and got to reconnect with my English family. My cool as hell parents have offered to help cover rent until the end of summer, but I need the extra time to find a job. 
But at what point do I say fuck it and just come home anyway? Mm. And how do I deal with the questions of why I've come back so soon? We live in this era of everything looking hunky dory on Insta, and I know a lot of my posts have been positive because so much of my time here has been positive. I just don't want to explain myself and why I came back such a failure. Love the pod and you boys, and I'll see Max at the London show on July 25th. So, in England. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. So, this is an excellent question. Yeah. I think this is one of the best ones we've got. This is a very real question that I think a lot of people can mm-hmm. relate to. You were nodding, Erica. Erica, what were, like, were you going to say something? You felt like you were very like, yeah. yes. Well, yeah, now that Greg isn't here, can't make fun of me like the last time I tried to give it some advice. Do you know how many people on Twitter responded to you being on the pod? Have you looked at our mentions? No. Two. <laughs> no, I think it's four. No, I think I think four different people have said like we love Erica because she represents oh, a certain. Wow. So if you were down about how you were on the pod or a little insecure about how you came off, people responded. Wow, well, especially so it, nice. it was about the Eddie Murphy thing mostly because I think a lot of people related to you. Mm-hmm. Great, that's yeah. good to know. Okay, back to this question. Yeah, this question. Um, first of all, when you come home, you don't have to tell anyone. Anything you don't want to tell them. But people will ask. I know what she's talking about. People yeah. will yeah. ask. And if you don't want to get into the nitty gritty emotional stuff that might make you upset, you don't have to tell them. Just, you know, but, you don't have but, to lie. But let's say she's at a party and it's like, hey, Erica, I heard you were having a fabulous time on your Insta. Uh, how was it? Or why, why are you back if you were having such a great time? What would you say? She could think of something. By, by, by the way, did she like announce that she's going to England for four years or something? Like, I missed that. I think she's gone there to live her life. No, no, I know that. But like. Did she ever say from the outset that she was going to be there for a certain amount of time? Not really. Yeah, you know, it's funny. So Lauren, um, when she was finishing school, she was like always hated like seeing like even friends and family who'd be like, oh, so what's next? And she'd in her mind be like, I feel like such a fucking failure because I don't have a job lined up. All my friends already have jobs that like I'm still in school. She had this like narrative. And I was like, no, people, number one, don't actually care about what you're doing. And number two, if they're asking, they're just like gent- trying to be like genuinely interested and are mm-hmm. not like holding you to some like standard that you have put on yourself. And people do judge though. See, I Lauren's actually doing something very cool, so no one would judge her. Uh-huh. But when when I was in a situation where I was working at like a value village type sure. job, it was called Talese, and I was twenty five, and I'd be at second a, pod in a row. Talese, yeah, yeah, this comes up every episode. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, people know what Talese is. Oh, they do. Totally, it's oh, a okay. chain. Oh, sorry, Talese, but uh, <laughs> I would be at a, a party, and someone would say like, "Oh, and what do you do?" Just to make mm-hmm. polite sure. conversation, and I would say. I work at like a it's a value village. I should have just said Talese. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> their eyes would kind of be like, oh, yeah. yeah. And it was yeah. like I was lesser than at that. No, point. I get that. That that is true. But I would say like this the narrative in her mind would be like, oh, I've come back from England because I couldn't hack it there and I didn't and even though I was like putting out this a- image that I was loving my life, I don't think people are paying that close attention. So that would be my first piece of advice is that people aren't paying as close attention as you think. Great advice. No, I, no one, people care about themselves. Yeah, exactly. And then also it's not hard to be like, oh yeah, I had a great time over here, but I, you know, kind of missed home and now I'm back here looking for a new job and hanging out. So great to see you. It's super yeah. relatable le- uh, reason. She could just be like, oh, to be honest, I ran out of money. Or if mm-hmm. it turned bad, she can be like, it ended up being a nightmare. And then it's kind of funny when uh-huh. you're so direct and honest about it. Honest is always the best. And if, you, if, if like, I missed home is a great answer. Yeah, and if you, yeah, if you want to just keep it moving, you should be like, I had a great time, traveled, tell them all the things you liked. But you're like, yeah, but also I just kind of missed home and I couldn't wait to come back. I'm so happy to be here. And if you are feeling that way, which it, it, she obviously clearly mm-hmm. very much is, it's like everybody has stretches like that. Like it's fucking hard out there, man. Like mm-hmm. there's no shame in it. There's ten times more people that are feeling that way, and I felt like that way in my life. Shane's felt that way in his We've life. We've all felt yeah. Like yeah. yeah. It's like 
Like, it's not like she was sorting used clothing for, like, minimum wage. <laughs> she went, she had a cool life experience and is doing something awesome. That's that your like, situation is actually more interesting to me, Shane. This one is like, oh, it's fine. No one's judging you. You, you live an awesome no, life. But you, you went to England. Yeah. Living in UK is pretty cool. Traveling the world, it's it's almost too cool. It's, it's like it's cliche. Awesome. So that's, I'd what, say that's what I'm saying. It, oh, yeah, sorry. That's what I'm saying. I agree so with in you, the, In the grand <laughs> scheme of, like, um, like, people's problems, like, you actually have it pretty awesome. So You think sorting clothing, though? No, not you. So when I say you, I mean. He's saying you're the more interesting situation. Than her, she's got it hunky dory. He's saying you. I'm saying your out. situation uh, when you were working at Talis is actually more interesting to me. Far more harrowing than yes. hers. Why would that be more interesting? Because I think, on paper, if you c- compare a person, a young person traveling mm-hmm. Europe versus someone folding used clothing, that's actually uh, like more embarrassing. And I, I, I get why you'd feel more shame about. Yes. Okay. I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. She's like somebody that owns two homes and they're begging <laughs> for their friend to buy them drinks because they're poor. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, but but so I guess um, to extend this question, what would you guys do to if let's say Shane, twenty five year old Shane, was asking this question? How yeah. would you answer? Because I don't know how I would necessarily answer that. I would be I I really relate to the to how she's asking because I tend to think too much about what people think or what. No, I'm not talking about how did you talk to her. I'm saying give, let's give twenty five year old Shane a piece of advice. Yeah, like you're you're. Let's say Shane asked the same question. So what your your situation is what? So I'm I'm living at home, yep. high school dropout. I'm yep. pricing clothes. I'm working two to three days a week at this Talese job, mm-hmm. and the reason I'm doing that because in my mind I'm supposed to be working on like short films and stuff on my days off. So I specifically make myself work never more than three days a week. Mm. But it's very like I don't have a, a lot of money or prospects, and it, it at this point it seems like I'm never going to have a career. But are you mis are you misrepresenting that on Instagram in this this scenario? I, Instagram didn't exist at this moment. Yeah, it was just like simply what Shane went through. So, I, I, but I, what's, I, he, what's he asking though? So she's saying name. she's saying how do I navigate the social pressure? Yeah, so so I, so he, so in this case it would be Shane would be Shane's asking. So how do, how do I next respond? time I'm at a party? What do I tell people? Yeah, what would I do there? Oh, interesting. I would focus 100% on the short films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that is that's what you got to do. You'd that's be like, you know what? It's like, I got this job. It's actually, it's at Talese. It's like, it's super easy. Mm-hmm. They treat me well. They let me kind of make my own schedule because my passion is doing these short films. And actually, I did a couple of really cool things where I met Jason Schwartzman. I was, mm-hmm. I was, I was helping on the show that's right before SNL. You, you know, Jared Diggs. Like, there'd be a way to spin it in a way that would not feel as I would open with, I'm a filmmaker. And then they'd right. be like, how do you do that? And if people even ask more than three questions, then you'd be like, well, to, to support that, it's like, I am still living at home and I'm like hustling at this job. But like, you open with the thing that you're, you're but really it's, doing. it's almost like telling someone you're a musician, right? When you're like, yeah. oh, I work here, but I'm a musician. I really think my songs are good. It sounds okay, I guess, but it also sounds like a huge load of like dreamer bullshit sure, and you're yeah. going to be a loser. Yeah. Like unless you make it to Max's level, you can kind of seem like a bullshit artist. Mm-hmm. So I would still have like a sh- level of shame. Yeah. yeah. But I still think if you're doing anything different, like a little bit different than what like the masses are doing, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. And yeah. someone at a party should be like a little bit intrigued to hear you talk about that. It's also, yeah. it's all in the way you present it too because you're right like so yeah. like, i'm a musician if you if you like walk around the party like hey With i'm a musician air, yeah. if you're like no like i'm a songwriter but i'm fucking working hard it's really tough but i have this other job here but you know a couple cool things have happened it's like if you present it in sort of like a modest self-aware way then i think people will find that endearing right agreed all right next question and to this the person that wrote this thanks for listening i uh, hope yeah. you feel better uh, if you're back, well, uh, you're gonna see her at the uh, the London show. No, that was that already happened. London, England, July 25th. July 25th. Oh, this is really old. Yeah, yeah. got you. Mm-hmm. 
this is uh, kind of a more of a localized question, but I still think a lot of people are in the GTA listening to this. Love the podcast. So happy you're releasing Freedom episodes. Uh, look forward to them in traffic, yada, yada. I am from Victoria, B.C., and I'm going to Hamilton in September for Super Crawl and spending a few days in Toronto. This will be my first time in Toronto, and my trip is mostly inspired by all the great things I hear about uh, both of your cities from the pod. Yeah, nice. What are your favorite things to do or places to eat, especially looking for Toronto suggestions since I don't have many plans yet other than arranging a mom merch pickup? I'm staying around St. Lawrence Market area, but oh. plan on seeing as much of the city as possible. Uh, you're in for a good time. So excited for you. Great time of year to be visiting Toronto. I'd say, first of all, just like plan to walk everywhere. Cause, uh, it, you know, from where you're staying, you can get like right downtown to young and Dundas in the, in the core of the city in 20 minutes. Uh, I'd say go to Kensington market, walk through Chinatown, walk through, um, the annex and U of T neighborhood. You can take the subway up, uh, to the Danforth and that's Greek town. If you go to the West end, walk down Ossington, which is a great strip, like uh, Trinity Bellwoods Park. Uh, write all these things down because um, uh, it's... Hit them with some places to eat. Yeah, where... where oh, I man. would say Harry's Charboiled, if she's not a vegetarian. Where is that? It's... Jeez, uh, I don't know. I would Google it. I'm bad with street names. I'm bad before. with names. What is um, it? It's like this amazing burger place. Everyone t- had always told me it was their favorite burger place. Oh, wow. It's my boss's favorite place. Huh. Uh, uh, the, the guy who... Uh, when we first got the podcast, we got that... Uh, opportunity to go to Hawaii, right? Oh, yeah. It was that guy's favorite uh, oh, wow. burger place also. Okay. Yeah. And I I go there every Valentine's Day with my wife, but point is, it's closing in October. Oh, so sure. this will be, uh, what's this woman's name? Uh, her name is Larissa. This will be Larissa's like cool chance to catch something as that kind of era is ending. General Assembly is great. Grand, for pizza. Uh, Grand Electric for tacos. Yeah. Uh, pie, P-A-I. For Pad Thai. Uh, for, for Pad Thai. That, or Kosan Road, mm-hmm. even though that's like pricey as Yeah, Kosan Road is amazing so good, for Thai though. food. Um, oh, my God. There's so many places. I don't even know where to begin. But it's fun. Good drinking hole? Give me one good drinking hole. Ooh, ooh. She'll be in my hood, St. Lawrence Market in the East End. Friday nights, Wing House, karaoke. Mm. There, you go. there you go. And we've seen on the Mike and Much Insta story. That's where I hosted my birthday this year, and it's very fun. You took over that bar. You were pouring drinks. You yep. were singing. You are walking out that wireless mic. The yeah, Dunright awesome. Inn, the, the home of the, the famous Shane fight uh, that we talked about <laughs> earlier on the episode. Uh, Is that, that what that place was? Yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah oh, we just like went to Queen Street. Like near, yeah. um, near Trinity Bellwoods. Oh, there's, uh, there's so many good, uh, good so spots. Many good spots. And then Hamilton. Hamilton. Odds. Hamilton, yeah. So Nick and I have a little sports bar. Odds. It's on James, and it's actually just like literally a five-minute walk to Supercrawl. It's on the same street, just a little up the road. You guys doing Supercrawl this year? Uh, yeah, I think we'll be around. Um, thinking of coming in for that. Yeah, nice. that'll be great. Yeah. Um, there's Oh, so much. Uh, you tweeted us, and we'll I'll send you some coffee suggestions. There's a great place around the corner from my house called Salty Espresso, which is great. But yeah, so much, so much great stuff. Great. Is that it for our, que- our cues? Uh, yeah, that's that's all I went with. What's the what's the laugh that we're gonna have to end this episode? We always have to end with a laugh. No, guys, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 uh, cue the music. Whatever.